evening. Welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. We have a special show tonight. We have Cormo. I, I'm a big fan of you for, for a while now. And as I was saying earlier, I've been falling deeper into the world with you. Welcome to the oh, show, man. Thanks for having me. Well, you're very welcome. Um, I came across you as Disco Mountain Man, which is a hilarious name, in, in tragedy. Oh, yes. And, then I, and, um, and from there, I learned. Actually, I had, I had Mo on during COVID, and we talked, and it got me excited. And I was talking about everybody has different projects in the band and stuff, trying to understand the, how tragedy got together and became so big. And um, if you don't know, tragedy is basically an all-metal version of Bee Gees and beyond, where it's all cool, fun disco stuff, but it's hilariously done. Characters, comedy, acting. I just saw them a few weeks ago. If you look at my channel, there's actually some live footage of the show. They're fantastic. It's it's a, it's a fun night. Um, but from there, you have so much other stuff you've done. Solo, touring, Tiny Tim. Like, you've done so much stuff in your life. Oh, yeah, I yeah. Know where to even start. Um, eclectically, like, where do you put yourself, like, musically in the genre? Because I'm, like, listening to you. Like, how do you, especially now, things are a little more open. But, like, earlier on, there wasn't a lot of open-minded people that kind of got what you were doing, I'm assuming, right? No, no. Because you are, I, wasn't. I mean... You're you're a fantastic singer, but you also have a great twisted sense of humor. I mean, on your website, I'll put the link to it. I mean, you've got stories and you do videos and you, you do a lot of different stuff. Yeah, but you're not general 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 humor. <laughs> no, no, not at all, not at all. How did you start breaking into that? Like crossing over the appeal to just kind of happen, or oh, with, with my stuff? How, yeah, how did you start oh, to break through a little bit? Really? just luck yeah i mean i i i'd been doing it at uh in denton texas since early 90s and uh i had little spurts of like cool things happen here and there mm -hmm. and uh it was probably 99 two things uh i was part of an art collective out of denton called the good bad art collective I wasn't an official member, but I showed up with beer and played their benefits. And <laughs> um, it was a great art collective. They had uh, their MO was one night only gallery shows. So, you know, like the big night is like an opening a night for an artist, you know, yep. like the big party. That was it. There were, you couldn't go back and look at the art. It was wow. all taken down the next day or that night. Yeah. Uh, so those were great. They were great. Some art stars came out of that, and uh, which I'd never heard that term before, but now I know. I, had, I, had, I haven't heard it till just now. And I know people that do art openings never heard that term. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Oh, well, I think I heard it because a friend of mine had one of the members had a, a show at, uh, the, uh, at Scope, which is mm -hmm. in midtown manhattan and he came out smiling and said i'm an art star now <laughs> and awesome. first i was like oh i know exactly what that means without <laughs> looking it up and yes you are and i'm very proud of you that, that's pretty awesome yeah and then the other thing was uh, around 99 i was i was uh playing a weekly at this club in dallas it was like a compound like there was a small room a big room another mm -hmm. room uh, called it wasn't my moniker but it was called children of the corn night and i would book different acts and it was always wednesday around 11 or midnight so there was always like maybe two people there sometimes five on a good night <laughs> anyways it was fun and i it was it was fun to like anyways uh there was a circus that came through and the booker said I think you should open for this sideshow circus. So I did. And uh, um, their muse, they had a composer who was going to quit. And he pulled me inside and said, I'm going to quit. You should take my job. And uh, so I did. And that's that's how I started touring all over the U.S. Uh, before you, just, I want to ask a little question. First, is that where Cornwall came from around that time period? Your nickname or your moniker? And that came... 
Oh, God, the sorry. circus and a little bit more about the circus because like what kind of circus was it like back then because i don't even you know look curious like circuses don't really travel around as much anymore so well the uh as far as the uh my my nickname yeah this was probably 90 1990 92 there was a friend of mine uh he was my roommate in college and we decided to start playing together. And I said, instead of a band name, let's come up with stage names. I thought that was clever. And so he came up with the name mauve ed, like the color mauve and uh, ed was spelled O E D. And I was like, damn it. That's a great name. (laughs) I got to top it. And I couldn't think of a name, but, my other roommate had Nintendo RBI baseball and oh, wow, that's that, old. <laughs> yeah. But that was one of the, you could make up all your players names if you made up your yep. own team. And so I looked at my baseball roster of all these names I thought were funny for baseball players and Cornmo was my pitcher. And so I was like, that's it. I'm going to take that name. So, <laughs> so it's fantastic that, that eight has been there, but during this time, your performance that people don't know. So you, you play, you know, you're obviously a, a, a wonderful singer with a, a nice, funny sense of humor. And you also play accordion, though. It's not a natural instrument for a lot of people. Right. How did that do? Is it because you played piano first and then you evolved into accordion? Or is it you played accordion and you evolved into piano? I played piano since, like, my parents got me lessons when I was about six or seven. Yeah. And I never got great at it, but I, you know, I stuck with it. I enjoyed it. And uh, uh, freshman year of college, I was a music major, uh, composition major, and um, I was in a uh, a lab. They called them labs. They were, you know, like yep. jazz band or. But I went to the music chorus, uh, men's chorus, and the professor uh, Avon Gillespie brought us into a room said, I want you guys to see this band today. And it was a band called brave combo. And they'd been around since 78 and self-titled their genre as nuclear polka. And I was watching them. I was like, first off, you know, they got an accordion player and second, they started to do covers, but they would enter they like they did a, a somber version of the exorcist theme. And up to that time, I was, I was uh, immersed in hair metal and yep. the uh, prog rock, you know, just stuff that sticks with you when you're 12, 13 and you can't, yeah. can't get rid of. And hearing this, I was like, oh, this stuff is new to me. I like this. And uh, so uh, simultaneously, a friend from high school, his mom worked at a homeless shelter and there was an accordion being thrown out. And so she thought I might like it. And I think she, I think she literally pulled it out of the dumpster and gave it to my friend said, see if John likes this. And the (laughs) keyboard part didn't work. It was just the button side. So I figured out the button side with a friend and uh, I started out playing with the, uh, uh, a juggling group and I did the music for the juggling group. And that's uh, awesome. Yeah, one of those guys went on to do Ringling, and then the other guys uh, did other things. But that's amazing. So yeah, that's yeah, yeah. So I I when I got asked to do the music for the Bindlestick Family Circus, I was I was very excited. I was like, this is what I've wanted to do for a long time. It was a lot of fun. That. That is amazing. I mean, like, it's what a great, because I mean, like, no one has the story. Like, I, I went off and did circus, and like, <laughs> the experience you've had is fantastic. That was the best time of my life, as far as like a person who's never toured before. That experience, because the, it was a couple. They're still doing it, and they, they just, well, first of all, they were great performers. And they were uh, so fun to watch every night. And they were good at calling talent that was very raw 
Uh, and they knew where to go for edu edutainment, I guess. That's the word. Yeah. We went to Ward Hall's. Uh, he's the father of Sideshow. We went to his house for a weekend, um, stayed there, and that was eye-opening. It was just uh, really? it was so amazing to be at this man's house. And he had a, a sort of orbit of old Sideshow performers either living there or coming over. And it was just... Oh. It was it was really cool. And we went to Dixie Evans's museum. Met her. She was like a. She was a burlesque performer in the fifties and sixties, I I believe. And she, at back then, uh, some burlesque performers would take on the persona of someone famous. So she was the, I believe she was the Marilyn Monroe, uh, burlesque, and she got a cease and desist letter. She has it at her burlesque museum. And <laughs> I think she was a, probably about 80 something at the time. And it was just, yeah, it was another moment where I was like, this is, I picked the right thing to do right now. You've got a lot of stories in you for books, not just one book. You you have a couple books in you. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. As I'm listening to uh, Bob Odenkirk's book right now. And it's great. I heard it's really And one good. of the things is it's great. And he was like, why am I writing this now? You know, I, and that's, that's, that was a, that was a funny thing to hear. I was like, yeah, why does anybody pick now as a time to write a memoir? But I, you know, I'm enjoying it. So that's, that's a, that's a good reason. Uh, yeah. It's a perfect reason. So from there, you, so you actually played with, that's like when you moved on and from where you go, you, you did like Tiny Tim and you did like a lot of bands, right? That was kind of the yeah. evolution, and you started a band, also your own band. Yeah. Where did uh, that come from? Yeah, I had a few bands. I was, uh, which. Well, actually, well, was which, your band first? It was three fifty seven Lover before or after Tiny Tim. I never was in Tiny Tim's band. No, I just no, but you played with him. Them. Yeah, it's a man. Was you in the band, oh, the band first, oh. or were you open for Tiny Tim? Oh, the then? band was the band was after Tiny Tim. I wanted to have a band uh, to fill out the sound of what I was doing with the accordion. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't, I called it 357 lover. Again, I had a list of names and they were all terrible. And that was the least terrible because <laughs> it, I guess it just sounded like, like a love gun. It was like yeah. a rip off of love gun. Um, uh and I was I didn't want to call it Cornmo or Cornmo the band or I just thought that was uh a bit narcissistic, so I called it 357 Lover. And now it's confusing to people who go, Hey, these are the same songs in different bands. I'm like, well, it's, it's just <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah, I mean it was it's great because there is music out there on if people want to know it's on iTunes, um and all probably other places too. That band and your and your other stuff, your solo stuff. And it's hard because try, I was trying to understand the dates, and I always complain about this, especially on the show, is like when they upload stuff like on iTunes, sometimes if it's new, even though it's not new, it'll have a date. Like 2022, your album just finally oh, made yeah. it. It was like 10 years ago. So sometimes it's hard to tell like what albums, if I, get, if I go back deep diving into an artist, I'm like, which album came first? And then you have to like do some right. extra research like on Discogs or something, where you really have to kind of yeah. roll your sleeves. Because um, look at the dates. that I'm, I'm like, wait, which album came first? But it does look like you did you did something new in the past year or two, though. Kind of kind of uh, with I the did. band or solo, the EP, right? That was newer. Yeah, that was solo. Yeah, that was a uh, uh, one of the good bad art collective members. Um, uh, is a DJ at KUZU in Denton, Kazoo, um, <laughs> and he has a show called Woods, where it's almost like it's like audio found footage. Mm -hmm. kind of it just uh it it starts off with crickets and then blossoms into maybe a preacher and then moves on to uh a marching band then it just it's just a it's really beautiful to listen to and he wanted to do one on the leather man who was a a figure in the 19th century 
Um, and it's there's you know there's a lot of legends about him, but basically, back then they called people like him tramps. He would uh, wander in the mm-hmm. wilderness of back when it was a wilderness of Connecticut and upstate New York. Yep. And uh, I know the story. Circle. I'm actually from Connecticut, so I'm oh. familiar with the story. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, uh, so I the the every town knew when he was coming because it was usually 34 days. Yeah. So that was the name of the album, okay. 34 Days of Wandering. See, now I get that. See, I can uh, appreciate it even more. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Three for Seven Lover has an album that's being mixed by uh, Mo Royce of Tragedy. He's nice. he's producing it. Uh, and uh, Tell Everyone It's May from the EP is going to be uh, also on the uh, a Three for Seven Lover version, which has uh, an extra chorus. How come you're doing it as 357, but you do the solo one as a solo piece? Just to keep it going or? Well, I did the solo piece for the Woods episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked the way it sounded. But then when I started playing it, I thought this is this needs a chorus. And it needs a. Uh, yeah, I think that's the only thing that was missing. So I added a. I added a chorus to the song and I, I, you know, sometimes I I'll take a song and I'll pitch it to the band to see if they like it. Yeah. And and sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And that one hit, they were like, Oh, this sounds great. So we started playing it and then that's what happened. Well, it's funny because I mean, I can't imagine what would be interesting to see you guys, what works or what doesn't work because your songs are so interesting. It's not like you guys have a standard. That's like, it sounds like this, you know, it has to sound like Steely Dan or whatever, or, or you know, Neil Sedak or something like you guys, every song is kind of different. So to be like, yeah, I don't, you know what I mean? You're like, well, why, why not? Because it, it, none of them sound the same anyhow. And they all have their own original identities. So yeah, I would see it would be a challenge to kind of distinguish it. You know, are, are you the only one writes or does everybody write in that, in that band? Uh, I'm the only one who writes. We're working on uh, on, uh, on some new stuff where uh, other people write as well. So okay, so the new three fifty seven is coming out, and then you're also doing some more collaboration with them for future stuff. Yeah, yeah. When when's that one coming out? The the, the newest. This... I'm not sure because the you know tragedy. We I don't think we meant to tour this much this year it's the most we've toured ever really um yeah so uh that album was recorded right before covid the january of 2020 mm-hmm. and then tragedy went on tour in february march and then when we got back that's when it, the lockdown occurred okay and uh um i think i wanted to I didn't, I wanted to redo some vocal. I haven't done, I hadn't done vocals yet. So when the coast was clear, I would go record the vocals with, with uh, Mo Royce. And then, uh, yeah. And then we started mixing and then all of a sudden we're touring all the time or we're putting out the I am woman album. So it got put on the back burner. Which at what point did you end up getting with tragedy well, I mean, and I like the fact you, you balance, you keep your other stuff too. You have two, you didn't just like give up everything to do tragedy. I like that you have such a creative output, you know. What point did the roads meet for you in tragedy? Yeah, I, it was 2012, and uh, uh, Jake left the band, and I recorded on their first album, Shadow Dancing, just as a guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and when Jake left, they asked if I wanted to join. So I did, and it was just fun. So I, I stayed and, it, it, you know, the band evolved and they'd already had two or three albums out already by the time I joined. Um, yeah, it's been fun. It, and, you fit uh, perfectly with the band. <laughs> oh yeah. 
uh Barry Glib, who also left the band, uh, I think he's the one who came up with the Disco Mountain Man name. <laughs> I had, I've, a friend of mine and I co-wrote a musical together. He wrote the book. I wrote the music uh, about Grizzly Adams. <laughs> and I think that's that's where the, uh, I think my obsession with Grizzly Adams um, fed into the Disco Mountain Man. Uh, <laughs> persona so in tragedy you guys trade a lot of vocals i mean everyone's very talented and, and very funny and and it's just perfect for you because you have all the similar skill sets as everybody else but, but it, you know everybody delivers it it's a, you guys are a good band it's not just you know a covers band you guys are a really good solid band and you add different things to the to the music it's kind of smart like me being a fan of like like i'm a huge zappa fan so like me being a fan of zappa I appreciate humor, but I also appreciate good music and good musicianship. So to, to get into you guys was like a no brainer, you know, which led me into your other stuff too. Um, but how do you guys decide who's doing what parts? Is it just kind of like you get an idea of who's doing it? You guys kind of flesh it out like singing and stuff. Cause you guys all sing. Uh, we sort of come up with a, we pitch um, ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, And then, and then it gets fleshed out. The only sometimes Pete, uh, I mean Mo Royce, uh, yeah. sometimes Mo, Mo Royce will uh, <clears throat> have a song idea, and he'll go, uh, "John, you should do this." Yeah. And I'll like, oh yeah, sure. Or we'll do it together, like we did. Uh, uh, All I want to do the Show Crow. Yeah. Um. But other times I'll pitch stuff and they'll go, nah. Like I pitched uh, a little Nas X song. Oh. I did a, like yeah. a metal, I recorded a little metal version of it. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and they're like, nah, we're not into this. And I'm like, oh, well. I don't think it, my the audience might, might be a little harder for people, probably the popularity of it, maybe, or to catch, to catch the joke, maybe. Right. And also it's, it's, uh, it was one of his like, nah. I don't, there's no such thing as a B side anymore. But I guess it just wasn't right. more popular one of his. But it's one of my favorites. Anyways, that's how that works. And then, you know, like I'll, uh, like I, sometimes I want to do a song, but it's not popular enough. Like you know, it's uh, or it just doesn't hit or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. it's just everybody. Usually, usually it's Mo Royce who's sort of he's good at he's good at fielding and and seeing how to work in a metal version and he does uh, like he's a, uh, some of the musical director. Yeah, he's the musical director. Uh, yeah, sometimes sometimes I get I get one in under the radar like you know here you come again. Yeah, I'm like no, but listen, we can make it like poison. <laughs> which is what we did with the last the last uh we did nine to five with uh unskinny bop and this this one's just a nod to poison not not any uh i think that's my favorite thing i'll hear something and you, and you guys will sneak a riff and i'm like was that just black sabbath like i'm like i have to go back and listen to it again i'm like i love that you know, yeah. like just sneaking things in you know and, and they're all good songs they're fun songs that everyone always sings and they're like ah, i'm not that too cool for that but, but these are all songs that people love you know oh yeah that's the great thing when we play is pretty much we're guaranteed everybody's going to know our songs well that, i think that's because it's important part important. right well exactly but you guys do something different to them i think and i really don't I see the skies a little for you guys if i guys are touring a lot now i i can see you guys just getting bigger and bigger you know i don't see it slowing down you know just the tip of the iceberg for you guys really yeah i think yeah now as you're touring more too after afterwards you know um is there is there a balance though? With is it just like is is tra- tragedy is your main gig, and then you do the other stuff on the side because tragedy obviously is the best, pays the best, and it's the main, you know, gig. And then from there you just do your stuff on the side, type of deal. Any pretty much right now, yeah, yeah. I uh, I hope to do some touring. I gotta see if like if the calendar clears up a little bit to do some solo touring. Um, I booked a couple of tours with Three Fifty Seven Lover. 
but those guy a couple of guys just they one's got a kid and the other one's uh got his own business and uh so we just keep that local and make recordings well that's that's the challenge which, but that's a challenge if you're not yeah. a full-time musician who can, who can tour and have gaps in your schedule it's just hard if you're a musician yeah. you don't have gaps because you still gotta do studio work you have to do other things to keep the money coming so yeah yeah the side gig the side gig is the hardest part you know right the... and and then balancing it out some bands that, you know there aren't any big bands there are like 35 million cover bands and a couple of originals you know and they do make them all work because they got to pay the bills and do music right um yeah but, but i know you, you you'll i've seen you stuff like that. you'll just do yourself just you and piano that's what i wonder if your solo tour would be just you actually being just solo like because you can do so much would you do that yeah you and I will. piano I'm, I'm... I'm looking at doing like some house shows because that seems to be the most, I like the most, I, the, the one thing I really enjoyed from doing the streaming shows is mm -hmm. how intimate those shows could be. Cause it's, you know, I'm by myself in this, usually in this room and uh, people comment. And so you can just interact, which is kind of, it's more relaxed than mm -hmm. being Johnny Showtime. You know, which you and, do very uh, well, though. Yeah. So I, oh, thanks. Thanks. And I have to be careful because tragedy is so, uh, it's so much fun, mm -hmm. but I sort of neglect to write songs. Um, and, uh, I have to be careful that I don't waste time, at, uh, when I'm home and, try to be try to be prolific it's just good for my soul to to write well it, it's perfect it, i mean it really is a perfect gig because i mean nothing you do is really going to compete against tragedy right yeah. you know and even if you do funnier stuff it's still it makes sense it's the same audience you know so if it's right it, it works together i do think when you do get in a stage persona like it, it almost like you become a not different person but there is a point you had to look in your eyes where you were just so like laser focused in the show. I was surprised to see oh, how yeah. like you had this like look in your face. It was amazing. <laughs> like you were just, oh, you were, you, you were disco mountain man. Like you, cause you came down in the audience and you sang with somebody and you're like a few feet from me. And you had a look in your face. I'm like, wow, he's so focused. <laughs> it, was pretty, it was so intense. I was like, wow. I don't think I've ever seen that. And it was kind of cool because he went back to it, but you were like, it was your, it was your jam. It was like, you were like totally into like a character, you know? Which is right, yeah, yeah, is important for the show, of course. Um, yeah, what happened to Lance? But by, by the way, a side note here, because he wasn't at the last couple. Is he still there or gone? He had he has a full time job as a general manager of a a venue in Brooklyn. Okay. So he he gets out when he can, and it's you know it's like uh, Andrew, our our merch guy slash tour manager. Mm -hmm. He came out in the Lance suit sometimes yeah. and we've had uh i can't can't count i've had a lot of a lot of fake lances in the past and uh well, well, well it's, it's pretty funny the little gig there it is the gas yeah, stuff on you the gig is pretty funny and that was one of the things that mo would be bust on lance i'd ask about him and i forgot he just he just would totally take there to uh, dig into him and tear into him it was it was um Pretty funny. He was pretty relentless about that character of Lance, but it's a great character. You were doing the ad with the, yeah. the was it the, the going on tour was it the spaghetti thing? I mean, there's some oh, funny yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah, he, he he is good comedy fodder for you guys. Like you know, to 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 do that. I would love to see him do a clown masterclass, knowing that he's never had any kind of uh, uh, training. Yeah, clown training ever. It just he just started doing it and created this character, and, and he's really into it. and He loves it. It's really. And I've never. I. It's weird because a lot. Some of my friends are like, "Dude, I want to be Lance again. I love doing it." <laughs> something about Lance is like bigger than the character. It's like it's like Kiss, right? Like Lance will go on without the hands, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. And he can do everything, you know. Yeah, oh, it's Mini like Lance. A, yeah. <laughs> like mini kiss i'm sorry you say oh yeah about him can you uh, it's... i was gonna make a comparison to the mall santa clauses 
and then <laughs> it wasn't a very strong one comparison analogy. So I, well, you could. I mean, he could be that drunken stepdad that no one talks about. I mean, a lot of, you know, similar things. I mean, Mo wouldn't have held back. I'm sure you get some good, good witty things. I think, I think it's really a funny thing. I walked away with the interview. I said something to him. He called you guys the whoopee cushions of rock. I think he said, I was like, Oh, <laughs> the tragedy was the whoopee That's cushions good. of rock. That was a good one. I was like, yeah, it makes a, it makes a fart sound, but it doesn't stick. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's awesome. So on your website, which I, I love, I love a good active website. You've got a lot of good stuff on it. You have some writing, some funny stories on there. It looks like you haven't done anything mm-hmm. recently updated, posted, but pretty funny. You know, pretty abstract, pretty funny oh. stuff. Is that something Thanks. you're going to keep doing? You still write stuff, or are you just? I mean, websites are hard to keep I up still... with when you're busy. You know, it's weird. I I I brought my notebook on the Europe tour, hoping to write on the bus, mm-hmm. but the bus is just constantly in your eyes. Can't fixate on even when you read. Yeah. It was impossible to write. So I would, I, anytime we stopped at like a rest stop, I would sometimes write at the rest stop or, um, I, uh, I have like, like everybody else, I've got a Patreon and that's where I put a lot of my writing on. Okay. And, uh, I just made a, a new video. I'll probably, you know, I, I, I test the waters with the Patreon folks because they're really, really nice and see if they, you know, what they think. And then I'll, after a couple of weeks, I'll, I'll release it to the wild. But I did one on, uh, uh, do you know Conrad Bain? Yeah. It was, was uh, the different strokes. Who, uh, different strokes. Yeah. Did you know that he has or had a, uh, twin brother? No. Um, he did identical twin brother guessed it on different strokes i can't remember i think it was like the i can't remember what uh the episode was or about but there was a episode where willis goes to high school and he can't make friends i don't know why there's certain episodes of tv shows that just stick with me and i can't remember anything else but his his dad sat him down and said you know what you should do tomorrow is ask them about themselves hey how was your summer? Did you watch television last night? What's your favorite television show? Yeah. So I made a video of an animated, loosely animated. It's 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 a loose term, animated uh, video of <laughs> Conrad Bain meeting his brother, whose name is Bonar or Boner, meeting his brother at the mall at the food court. And so yeah. And I put that in there. What's your favorite TV show? That's funny. So I mean, you 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 you're really good with the meta jokes. You know, actually, it's still I'm just thinking with the Conrad Bain. Like, what else would they do? Like, they could do like, the evil version. They could do like you know, the always evil one, the goatee on you, and also that's the evil character view back back in the day, like the evil Spock and the well, evil anybody really back then. Oh yeah, but that's that's really funny. So that's up on your Patreon. So yeah, I'll put your Patreon link also up underneath your website link too, so people can check that out. Oh, thanks. Well, let's talk a little um, about your Patreon link, though. If people are involved in it, how oh, okay. consistent are you? Because I, I know we'll be this stuff in a minute, but I mean, like, are you, what, what can they expect is like, you know, a couple times a month, once a month, you do like a dump of some stuff. Some people are on it a lot. Like, what, what's your. I, I try to do stuff often, but I think I'm trying to find a nice balance. I do, yeah. I do the online. I think the, the favorite thing of people is the online show. Mm-hmm. So I still do those. Uh, um, I'll do the tour diaries. I'll post the tour, I'll post tour diaries. Um, uh, and I'll make, I'll write songs and, you know, release it to the Patreon patrons first. Yeah. Um, sometimes I, sometimes there's a desert of content. And sometimes there is a, a huge harvest that I just hit a bunch, you know, I have a lot of content to give. It depends. Do you feel it's hard to keep it if you have something like I know, like me as doing the show? Like if I got a lot of stuff, I'm like, a, I'm like a five-year-old in a holiday. I'm like, for gifts, I want to be like, put it all out at once. Like it's really bad programming because <laughs> you should like spread oh, yeah. out this person. I've got a little bit better, but it eats at me. I'm like, I really just want to release another one. I want to get this 
content out with these bands and want to promote them. But like as a show, though, it's like you can't have five things in one week and then nothing for three weeks. You know what I mean? Right. Do you struggle yeah. with that? Like try to. Oh not... yeah, yeah. I want to do it right. I want to put it out immediately once it's ready. I don't care if I've got yeah. And then you're like, I, then, you, then you feel bad because you have nothing else to put out because you like you gave it all up. Yeah. Or if I like, if there's like a, a no content for weeks because I'm on the road, then I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to post like five things today so that they get their money's worth. I don't want them to feel like they cheated, you know? Right. And then, but then, you know, it's, it comes up in their inbox, like five messages and that gets, I'm sure that gets annoying. Um, yeah, I can see. I, I yeah. Um, we, we but with it's, content it's, though, you can save it's it. It's nice to have it. an audience. You could save it though. I mean, oh, you it's, can. that's the hard thing. It's... Like you know, you're going away. Like I knew coming up, for example, I might have things going on. So I'm like I'm stocking up like a squirrel, a bunch of episodes. So I don't have a break. You know what I mean? I can take a break without the show taking a break. Right. It's a little plan, but even but now is there I'm still a part struggling of you that with. Goes, I... Oh yeah, I, I just released one today. I was going to say that literally. And I wait, like oh, even okay, like yeah. the holidays or Christmas, the kids, like I, I was a kid, I was like, can I get an extra gift Christmas Eve? And now with my kids, I'd be like, when they were younger, I'd be like, you want me a gift? Like I want to give, <laughs> it's not even about myself receiving. I just want to, I just can't keep it, you know? Yeah. If there's something yeah. out there that can be exciting content for someone or, or it helps another artist or you're a vehicle for it's part of the whole thing. That, that's the excitement of, of being involved, whether I'm talking to somebody who I'm a fan of like you and, you know, my hands in really different parts of the media field at this point now we're doing this long enough where I can share it and, and help promote an artist that I like but I can also be a conduit to maybe a fan without being a, a distracted radio guy I can be like a fan with knowledge that kind of puts the two together and, and, and put it out there but then once I do that I'm like I want to share it now it's exciting you know a fan may not have had this discussion that you've had with me now you know it's yeah and I, I, can, like I can never wait <laughs> That's the same. I, 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 there's times when I'll come home. Well, I'll listen to stuff that I, it's not mixed already yet, mm -hmm. but I want to put it out, out now so people can hear it, see what they think, you know? I would think it's, or, it's you fun. Know, you want to share it. So, like, unproduced. Like, to me, I mean, I like that because you see that, you see that, like, especially if you can see like, the song process of like, how it goes and how it changes. I think like you know, a crazy thing is you can talk about like always being perfection, but you can even take a band like Aha, you know, take on me, everyone knows that. If yeah. you go out there, because I listen to all kinds of music, like literally all types of music. If you go online, they have the re-release double back package with you know eighty-five thousand songs on it, demos, but it has some of the demos of the songs on there and they sound totally different. Oh. So you've heard Take On Me about a billion times, and you'll hum it again whenever you hear it. But if you go back and listen to that demo, it sounds totally different, like the way he sings oh. and everything. And that's kind of fun as a lover of music. So if you're signing to someone's Patreon, like to your Patreon, that would be fun as an, I would think as a fan, because you're already into the artist, you're already committed to them on a little extra level to hear the development of the songs. I mean, that could just be me, but I think it's fantastic hearing that kind of stuff. You know? I would think it gives it more value, you know, and I think the tour drivers are fun because people can't go on tour. People don't know what it's like on tour, you know, Right. and a couple, and a couple of people do them, a couple of them do really well online and, and they're fun. I mean, it's probably boring at some level to tour and people aren't used to it. I mean, you guys are used to it, but like people don't get how unexciting it can be <laughs> just going to one place to another to live, to do the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think the behind the scenes of the organization, I don't know what you do. I'll have to check out your Patreon. What, like the magic of what goes on like and one of the things i talk about in the show and so if anyone knew what an artist goes through to, to get on stage the um i don't beat a, a dead horse here with the um i don't think i say dead horse anymore uh the cost of shirts the profit's so small you know costs a lot to make the shirts the profit is helps the band because the venues take a profit of it like 30 percent at times so you know you right. want to buy the merch if you can buy the merch online i always say it's even better because the band gets all the profit but if you are in sight, buy it. If they're in town, go see them because they're not always going to be in town. It's not always going to be like that. This isn't the Wild West days. And and the band's always in the same town all the time also devalues themselves. You know, because uh, how many bands do you know that were touring before COVID and they would be like, they play a big show 
tickets would be, you know, 40, 50, 60 bucks, but they need gas money for their van or their tour bus, which is like a grand a day at least. So they stop yeah. and play some other place and it's lower. You're like, why are they playing so much lower for prices? You're, you're, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, so yeah. the band's out there for people. Go see them. You know, it, it's worth the drive. I think I drove like an hour and a half or something to go see you guys. You know? Wow. Thank you for yeah. doing that. You're welcome. It was great. It was, you know, I said, and, um, I didn't get you to say hi to your guys involved. I was talking to uh, to James from Vitalica. He actually he was kind enough people been on on the list to come down. And we were talking. He I interviewed him prior too, and um, he uh, so we were talking afterwards. And I was gonna go say hi to you, but I got sidetracked <laughs> so, into the show because it was just so much going on. It was so fun. It was a good double bill too. You guys, oh, it was great. I think I it was a good mixing. Band. Oh yeah, totally. Um, Those guys are so nice as well. My favorite one is uh, did their uh, day tripper because that yeah. the mix of those two riffs mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like anything, but it just gives me the feels of Thirty Eight Special. <laughs> Not, a, but that's just me. That's just me interpreting those two riffs together. I can and, see that. Yeah. It's, but 38 Special is weird, though, in, in, in a good way, because they're not Southern rock, but they're not pop music. It's like, they just sneak in and down, and you're like, oh, yeah, 38 Special. And they had a couple of good big songs. And if you listen to their music, yeah, it's like, not that long ago, maybe, no, maybe like the past year, I went, I'll hear a song, I'm like, I want to hear the other album, I want to hear the rest of them. And I'll do like, I'll listen to like a whole 38 Special album or something. It really was only maybe a year ago. And I'm like, man, there's a lot, I don't know all these songs, but there's a lot of hit songs on here. Like, it sounds like they're all radio friendly, which is surprising, because you wouldn't expect that. Right. So yeah, thirty specials is almost like a almost could be like an expression. Like that's a real thirty eight special song. Like you wouldn't expect that to come out of nowhere. Like it has no home, but it's a hit. You know? Um, yeah, sorry, no sidetracked there. But thirty specials got definitely have a, uh, no. its own sound, its own pop sound. You I don't like, think about I, half the time. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. As a kid, I was just like, oh, I love this. That's one of the first riffs I, I no won on guitar. That. Was um. Same here. Hold on loosely. Me. Yes, that's, that's I, it. That's yep. the first time I learned too. It feels good. Yeah. Those, the, it, it, there's something about, so yeah. I only started playing five years ago because of YouTube. I can see it visually. Oh. You know? um, and I don't, people on the show have mentioned it ever. I thought it's like autism. So if people don't know, they don't know. But oh. it, it, I, so just reading stuff to me, and it, I, I, we won't remember it. It's not the end of the world. I just learned totally differently. And with, with YouTube and everything, my kids are taking instruments. I used to sing in bands. I went to recording school, whatever. And, but I do IT now. But I was like, oh, I can, I can, all these YouTube videos, like, I could probably try this guitar, you know? So I started doing that. And like, yeah, 30 special. I love that song. So fun on guitar. Now, that's something like, so I don't ever usually see you with guitar, though. Do you play guitar much? Because you say you do. I'm terrible bit. at it. I, 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 I record ideas with it. Like I did, like the little Nas X song or whatever, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll record best like i can cabinet chords or like do you know do you, do you even know the notes and i'm not not dig towards you because i have a point with this like can you remember all the chords and the notes and everything or you just play by how musical are you uh, and maybe i should tell you what i'm gonna say first before i feel like i'm setting you up because i'm not okay every well-established artist and i think you are a very talented artist well-established artist like in this genre can't read music barely knows any notes and they're like the most platinum biggest bands you've ever known. Maybe not platinum anymore. You know what I'm saying now? You're like, oh my God. Yeah. That person shreds on guitar. And they're like, yeah, I can't read music. Like literally, I hear that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, to I'm me, I, I feel less bad about people. it. I feel I feel less bad about that now musically. You know. Do you how are you? I read. Do you read music? You can read? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I I uh I studied classical for a little bit and I mean, I dropped out. I dropped out of the music school. I was, I, uh, it was, uh, I met other dropouts and it's, it's sort of the same thing. It's just how much do you have to practice to be decent? You know, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't get there. It's, uh, but I learned some things. I learned, uh, uh, I learned some piano things I didn't know before. I'm glad I went. I'm glad I went. I but think as far as guitar, too. yeah, it's good to learn when you're young. I oh, think is what helps. I think and I think those, that's the time to do it when you're younger. Because when you start getting older, you're you're like, I don't know, 
you don't have it in you as much. But yeah, so guitar. I'm sorry. Oh, guitar is is it's always something I've always wanted to get better at. Um, but I get frustrated easily. But YouTube during the pandemic, I started learning stuff. I took one lesson uh online from a guy and mm -hmm. uh but he was inundated with people that yeah. need a lesson. So I got one in, but I couldn't get another one in. But uh yeah, it's 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 on my plan of things to get good at is guitar. I, I will say like for me and and it may be a non thing with you and anybody who's listening is struggling. I tried a couple of different lessons out there and stuff because I, I hate being committed to whatever. But I will say this one guy and it, uh, the guitarist Tim Pierce. He actually has a course that people can sign up or whatever or not whatever. And he has a lot of videos actually online on YouTube for free too, so people have the money oh. to pay. So I did a course. I didn't. I didn't. I feel bad because I didn't get to do as much as I want because there's a lot going on in my life. And I'm, I have a hard time sitting down focusing and just learning that without being doing something else noodly or something. But I do have to say for me and my focus, it was probably one of the best broken down, you know, at go your own speed classes, you know, and lessons, oh, modules. Nice. Um, so Tim Pierce, he, he's the guy who played on like um, Goo Goo Dolls, uh, you know, Iris, uh, Don't Dream It's Over by uh, Crowded House. He's played on like almost every good song, you know, before, you know, I mean, you're like, he's played on it. Um, so he's well established, a, a decent, um, I wouldn't say decently known because he should be bigger considering all the songs he's played on. But industry wise, with his peers, he's well known. Uh, so that's just oh, that there. Cool. So Tim Pierce, Tim Pierce, if you ever want to check out his stuff uh, for learning yeah. guitar, he's a he's a good guitar player. Um, but to that point, though, with songwriting, do you think it's going to has it ever changed? Like, have you started do more songwriting with a guitar that you've gotten better? It says YouTube, have you started to like mix it up? Uh, not really. I mean, I was writing on guitar before and then I would just kind of go to, uh, the guitar player and go, here's what I'm doing. And he's like, are you doing this? I'm like, that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> so that's, that's, uh, sometimes I would, and my riffs are, are very, uh, uh, eighth grade, you know, it's just. I have a song called the Havana Gila monster and it's very, it's very, it's the eighth grader and me going, yeah, this is what a, this is a song I've always wanted to hear. But if you listen to songs, you go back, you hear like a song and once you know the riff, like it sounds really, really hard. You go back and you play it. And you're like, well, that's really easy. And then, then, you, then you start hearing the riff all the time in the song and how they just play it over and over and over. Like to play consistently well, it's super hard. Like if you like listen like back in black or something or like done, it's like the whole song is the same riff for that that, that part and you're like i never really listened to it that way because i always hear the riff at certain parts because it pushed forward in the mix and stuff even doing music my whole life so it's funny now you play guitar or i played guitar and i've learned a song that uh, like like you just can't stand i'm so sick of it you know but you may have heard a million times like like a song from the eagle eagles like you know technically it's good it's got the perfect songwriting melody blah 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 you just heard hotel california just too many times or whatever but then you stun, as an example, then you play on guitar and you're like, oh, well, I, I, these chords work really well. I get why it's so good. It's kind of fun to play. Like it changes the dynamic of the song. Have you come across yeah. songs that you that you just were like, I can't stand it or whatever. And then you just start playing it. You're like, oh, you know, it's a different thing. That's tragedy. Yeah. Sometimes I'll hear a song and like Pete will go, I, I think we should do this song. I'm like, I hate that song. And then we'll do it, and I'm like, oh, oh, this is actually a good song. Uh, you know, and I say that, and I have the same way, and I'm like, I can't even say I hate songs anymore because I've learned so much that I'm so wrong. I might not, I still might not like it. Yeah. But if the effort's out there and they've done it, and I'm like, and plus half the time I'm wrong because once I start playing it, I see the genius in the songwriting and how simple it was. Like, that was really, oh, yeah. that's a smart chord change. Like, there's something in it that you're like, wow. Or I didn't think it was going to, I didn't think. Like Zeppelin's good, like they have a lot of riffs that I didn't think would sound the way you move your hands. You know, some bands have those songs where you're like, that's not what I thought your hand was gonna be doing. <laughs> but that sound, you know, or the Beatles do that, you know, with their recordings and the voicings that they oh, do. Oh, right, yeah. And they weren't really trained either. I know they learned by just playing. I don't think Paul McCartney can read any music still to this day. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Pretty sure. I mean, the yeah. arts are, there's a certain, it's, it's great when you can wake up part of your brain that wasn't there previously like i do that with you know when i 
when I draw and I don't do that enough. But when I do, there's a part of my brain that I, I can feel a little, literally feel a tingle like, wow, I feel something waking up. It's nice. And it's that way. I The other day, I saw a guy on the street wearing a shirt that I thought was from my elementary school. So I stopped and was like, hey, is that from there? And he's like, no, but I get that a lot. And there was something in my head that just, it just felt like something was firing that hadn't fired in a while, like talking to a stranger. Cause I really haven't done that since pre 19, uh, pre 2020. It was, <laughs> I get really excited when those kinds of things happen and drawing and, and playing war pigs and hearing things you haven't heard before. Those kinds of things are pretty neat. Yeah, I can I can get inspired hearing something, but not get inspired to that music. Just hearing it will inspire me to do something different, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I listen to something like an artist, so I'm like, oh wow, I get a totally different idea, something totally different. But I don't like, and it always happens. I'm like, I don't know why I'm never inspired enough to do that music. Actually, it feels like it's just copying something, and that sounds so feels so boring to me. It feels like you know, and that's the thing as a songwriter, like a nice try writing songs. I'm like, oh, it sounds so much like somebody else. I can't do this. Like I just feel like everything was kind of coming out somebody else that's got to be hard as an artist to not you know to be original show your influences but not do it like i can't compare you to anybody that's what's fun about your music you know because your stories are so abstract like your story about right now i'm talking about seeing the guy with a shirt that could be one of your short stories and you just end it as he goes yeah i hear that a lot boom curtain curtain close end credits that's a short story <laughs> you know what i'm saying because that really feels like one of your stories um but I want, I want to thank you for taking some time today. Um, oh, thanks for awesome. having me on. That was a lot of fun. Oh, thank you for I, having you know, me. Because I'm a big fan, and um, I probably you on, on Instagram and stuff. Um, maybe next year when you get the album out, when it comes out, we'll come back and we'll talk about do deep diving, tear apart the songs, because I'd like to get geeky again and talk to you because it's a lot of fun. Cool. So, All right. Very cool. That sounds great. Thank you, man. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me.